other African Americans who came here, and compared to the the white settlers, it was the color barrier. That's what um, is still existed today because mm-hmm. and because there's still that prejudice and discrimination, marginalization, and it's only based on color. And right. even in the you know, at the beginning, developing the homestead, so the only difference between us and our neighbors was the color, but we were so um, harshly treated compared to the, um, our white neighbors. Hello, listeners. This is Josiah Sinanen, and I am behind the microphone again. Feels great to be back this February. I wanted to drop a really special episode, so I'm so glad you're tuning in, all about Black History Month here in Alberta. Now, as we all know, Black History Month is celebrated in the month of February, and it is a really exciting time of year for me to celebrate and walk through the open doorway that is cultural identity, legacy, pride, and defying the odds, especially when it comes to cultural identity and what culture and race really means in a mosaic society like the one we live in today. Now, as you may know, I am half Caribbean. My dad is from Trinidad and Tobago, and my mom is a multiple generation Albertan. So I thought it would be really important for me to do an episode on Black History Month in the province of Alberta, even though that's not usually what we associate it with. And we often spend time highlighting Black history in America, where there is a prevalent and popular story of the African-American slave trade which is still a point of political contention today. However, I'm very proud today to present you an episode on the somewhat hidden history of Black people in our province and how they've contributed to the legacy of what it means to be Albertan. Before we dive into the show, I want to give a special thanks to our sponsors. This special episode of Anticulture on Black History Month is actually brought to you by an amazing event coming to Calgary called Adventures which is an opportunity to connect with the best and brightest in global innovation right here in our city. You can join 4,000 and more creative and curious minds on the frontier of innovation. At Inventures, there will be more than 250 speakers on six program tracks, including topics such as agriculture and the technology age and the future of AI. Inventures connects entrepreneurs and startups with venture capitalists, angel investors, service providers, and thought leaders with one another over these relevant topics, and you're not gonna wanna miss it. Alberta Innovates is making all this possible in Calgary from June 3rd to June 5th, and tickets are only $3.99 if you buy before the end of April. And if you're a student, this is an amazing deal. You can get an early bird ticket right now for just $99, and this is an event that could change the entire course of your life if you meet the right person. So definitely don't miss out. You can get your tickets today at inventurescanada.com. That's I-N-V-E-N-T-U-R-E-S, inventurescanada.com. Anticulture is also brought to you by ATB Financial. Working in the arts means income can be as varied as a time signature or a brushstroke. ATB's branch for arts and culture was built for artists so that you can do your banking in a way that works for you, with a community of like-minded people. It's just one more way ATB will always be more than a bank. So visit atb.com slash the branch and you can find out how ATB's branch for arts and culture can support your career in the arts. For those of you who have been following the show, you'll know that I'm in fact from Alberta, Canada. And in fact, my first five episodes were focused on this very province. 
Alberta is a fascinating place for me, especially in the realm of journalism. It's beautiful in terms of its landscape. It's vast in terms of how big the prairies are. It's diverse in terms of the people that live here. And it's surprising in the best ways. It's been said before that Alberta is like the Texas of Canada. So whether this is about our beef or our oil, both prime staples of our economy, or perhaps our Western culture, this is likely a bit of the perspective you developed if you're not from here. It's known as the Canadian Wild West. Looking closer though, culturally, Alberta is really hard to pin down. And I know this from being from a mixed race family. When I think Alberta, stereotypically, I think of my relatives in rural communities who grew up on the farm. I think of Stampede and cowboys. I think of camping in the Rocky Mountains. And also for me, I unfortunately think about country music. That's just a little bit of a joke, but there is no denying that is also part of our heritage here. Among these cliches, unfortunately, also lies the idea that Albertans are very insular. There's a large reputation of racism in our province as well, and truthfully, as a person of color who also understands the white heritage in our province at the same time, I recognize that the stereotypes and the lifestyles that I mentioned before can actually be tough components to grasp unless you're white. Perhaps we have that idea because that's what Alberta's apparent legacy stems from, white settlers and white heritage. That's what I used to think anyways. Also, currently, if you've been following the news in our province, there has been a big uproar in terms of our political standing and in fact, there's been a term coined called Wexit, which is the idea that Alberta should separate from Canada, which is not a new idea, but has been reestablished with Justin Trudeau as our prime minister. And there's this idea of the Laurentian elites. So if you haven't heard of this before, it is essentially the idea that out east in eastern Canada, in Quebec and Ontario, which are huge economies for our country, less focused on resources like Alberta is, there are these people who have benefited from the generations of Canadians that are in the elite. And these people tend to be from Ontario and Quebec. And for a lot of Albertans, Justin Trudeau falls into that category. And a big complaint is that our industries and our jobs and our people are not being recognized as much as they used to be under a more conservative government. And so there's this idea that Alberta feels very separated from Canada like we're not being given the attention we deserve, especially since we provide so much of our country's exports that are of the highest value in the international market. Now, growing up in Alberta from a mixed race background, I would always be annoyed having to explain to people that I'm Alberta born and bred, despite my skin color, despite my cultural heritage from Trinidad, and despite my love of things like French and my distaste for things like country music, both components of my personality which do not bade well in terms of Albertan culture. That does not change how I feel about this province. Just as much as the Caribbean is in my blood, so are the prairies. Now this show is all about challenging the cultural perceptions we may have developed over time, particularly in the Western world. It's so easy to get into a mindset of categorizing the people around us and assuming how much or how little they belong. For many listening, perhaps those mostly from Alberta, it might be surprising to hear an episode on black history in our province and what that actually means. But our province, even in its stereotypes, certainly does have one. What if I told you that Longhorn cattle were introduced to our province by John Ware, a black man who settled in Alberta after escaping slavery in South Carolina? He helped establish our province's ranching industry, and perhaps more than the cowboys today, he helped make Alberta what it is, even from a stereotypical standpoint. 
What if I told you there are five black settlements in Alberta that hold a key to our history? What if I told you the first African-born minister in Canadian provincial history was only elected this year under Premier Jason Kenney? Have I got your brain ticking? You're going to want to stay tuned to this episode. Our guest today is Deborah Dobbins, an award-winning documentarian of a film called We Are the Roots, Black Settlers and Their Experience of Discrimination on the Canadian Prairies. Dobbins was born in one of the settlements I did mention called Wildwood, Alberta, and she is a proud Albertan. And I think many of the components of her story will fascinate you and surprise you. I've invited her on the show today to chat with me about black history in our province, some of the challenges that Albertans face culturally, and what being part of that legacy means today. So without further ado, let's dive into my interview with Deborah Dobbins. My name is Deborah Dobbins. I am third generation African American Canadian descendant. I was born in Edmonton and um, I come from a rather large family. There's seven of us kids. I'm a daughter, a wife, a mother, grandmother. And I'm related to quite a few of the African-American Canadian descendants who helped settle the prairies many years ago. I'm a retired teacher, administrator, and I'm a consultant, and I work voluntarily with the organizations and boards here and around Edmonton and Alberta to make sure we bring uh, a voice of our people to the table. And can you tell us a bit about your documentary, We Are the Roots, and why you made it and what it's about? Oh, sure. Um, it t- took about 17 months to do our um, oral history project. It was uh, funded by the Alberta Human Rights Commission uh, through their um, Human Rights Education and the Multicultural Fund. And it was a project for uh, community engagement, and we wanted to document the historical and contemporary experiences of the, of the prairie uh, black settlers and their descendants and as they moved to the prairies in starting about 1905 or so. Right. And um, we wanted to make sure that um, that history isn't forgotten. So yeah. The, the title of the book was um, Black Settlers and Their Experiences of Discrimination on the Canadian Prairies. Right. And that film, um, I think it's important to highlight because oftentimes I come from a mixed race background. So my dad is actually from Trinidad and my mom is a multiple generation Albertan. And I think it's growing up in that environment, you kind of have this idea form that Alberta's history is largely white and it is exclusive in that way. And it's hard for people of color to relate to a ranching lifestyle or a settling lifestyle. And so I think, or a settler's lifestyle, sorry. So I think it's, it's eye-opening to people to realize that there is a rich black history and there were black settlers in our province. Yeah, my grandparents came up to the United States and uh, ended up settling in uh, the first known now black settlement area. Um, it was first called Junkins and then now it's known as Wildwood. Right. And did you spend any of your time growing up in Wildwood? Yeah, we moved to, to Edmonton from Wildwood when I was um, about six months old or so. So I didn't spend lots of time growing up there, but I did uh, keep going there in the summertime to my uncle's farm and, and things like that. Yeah. So that, that was the original homestead. And we, um, 
It's been lots of time during the summer. That's great. And for those who aren't too sure, is the typical African-American-Canadian story um, a bunch of people escaping slavery and coming up to Alberta, or what is that journey usually like? What's the typical experience? Well, for Western, Western Canada, we were invited by the uh, Canadian government, along with um, other people in the United States and in Europe, to come up and help settle and develop the newfound provinces, wow. Alberta, Saskatchewan, Montana, um, um, Manitoba. And so we were invited up as free people. Um, there was hardship in the states, especially in the southern states, um, you know, the Jim Crow law, mm-hmm. you can't vote, you can't own any land, segregation and um, threats of lynching and just marginalization and blatant discrimination. So being able to own your own land was a, a great, like almost like the promised land. So people, yeah. a lot of our people came up. Yeah, that's interesting. And you mentioned in the documentary, it's based off the the book about discrimination in the prairies for black settlers. And so although they're escaping the treachery of the U.S. culture and they were invited up here by the Canadian government, that did not take away from the fact that there was discrimination. Can you talk a bit more about that? When our my ancestors reached the border, the the government didn't expect black people to be coming across the border. Hmm. So they, they made it really difficult and also impossible for some of the um, people that wanted to come across by putting a lot of stipulations on our uh, on entry. And, and then even once we got here, discrimination was rampant in the cities or the small, the developed urban areas, I should say. Yeah. Um, so we were placed up in all kinds of homestead areas where it was just bush and muskeg and um, very difficult to uh, survive and build a home. And for many people hearing that, that would be kind of the part and parcel of the Alberta lifestyle. Like you really had to work the land and settle it. And that's, that's something that is shared across Alberta for people who grew up in that, in that time. So I find that really interesting. And even thinking about people like um, John Ware, which I think is a surprising story to a lot of Albertans. He introduced Longhorn cattle into Alberta, and he was escaping mm-hmm. the Jim Crow laws. And I think that that's, that's a history that needs to be acknowledged a bit more because at the same time as you know the white settlers were in our province and on the homestead and ranching, so were the black settlers. It's the same story in a lot of ways, um, but there, in many ways there's more hardship that had to be overcome. You're absolutely right. Um, uh, John, um, John Mayer was escaping more the, the slavery time because he came in the 1800s, late 1800s. Mm-hmm. And um, for the, the other African-Americans who came here, uh, compared to the, the white settlers, it was the color barrier. That's what um, is still existent today because mm-hmm. uh, because there's still that prejudice and discrimination, marginalization, and it's only based on color. And right. even in uh, you know at the beginning, developing the homesteads, the only difference between us and our neighbors was the color. But we were so um, harshly treated compared to the um, our white neighbors. 
But having that history, how did that shape your concept of cultural identity? Did did you feel very Albertan growing up, or did you feel something else? Growing up for us, at least in our family, we were um, color wasn't supposed to be part of our life. So our parents did not stress that we were a different color than our our neighbors. Mm -hmm. So we grew up innocently, like you know, if somebody didn't like us, it was just because they didn't like us. Right. Um, There there were some N words you know, and name calling like that, then we knew it was because of our color. Hmm. But we grew up without that um, mindset. And then we only really started paying more attention to that when um, our American relatives would come up and, you know, and start talking when it was black power and, uh, you know, the Black Panthers and all of that trouble you'd see on TV. That's when we we found out more about color. So your concept of your cultural identity didn't have much to do with color growing up until you realized there was this color barrier, essentially. Pretty much, you know, the food that we ate, the, you know, same school, same game, same everything, right? We just knew we were Albertans, so whatever, whatever was going on, whatever food that was available, we didn't have anything, any special food or special clothing mm-hmm. or, you know, we, did, we had the church and that's where all the blacks would gather and I you know we grew up in the church so that was our our culture our history our our legacy everything about our ethnicity I guess was around the church yeah that's so interesting and I think uh possibly yeah it's a great thing to hear that it's it's not really (laughs) the skin color or or anything because what the legacy left behind is, you know, that you settled the land alongside with everyone else. And then you were able to just be Albertan and live your life and not be aware of that skin color aspect. And I think that that's so important, even though your, your family and the generations before you went through that, that hardship, it's, it's great that your parents protected you from that in a way. Are you, are you grateful for that? Grateful, yes, because then we um, didn't judge others by who they, what they looked like. We were, we were always taught to treat each other um, as we would be treated, wanted to be treated, and mm-hmm. uh, not see the physical part. Yeah. But, um, um, but the the difficulty is that um, that also put us in in uh, very vulnerable positions in life because people were discriminating against us in subtle ways and we weren't aware of that right which is not right you know social yeah. justice it's it's um it was negative social justice for us so going to school when i was uh, in university and then as a, as a teacher i would see it more and more blatant yeah. You know, was subtle, but I would then I could see with with new eyes about how people were treating treating me, for instance, as a as a, a professional, and um, right. That's uh, then you just see more injustice, and you learn to stand up for yourself more. And so that's Edmonton is is um, was very racist. I mean, they barred us from going in swimming pools and you know, sitting in the theaters and going in hotels and hmm. all of those kind of things, we were barred, my parents, you know, and, and grandparents, 
Yeah. That was the life they had to deal with. Right. And so we're trying to get it, make it better for our youth and our, and the future. So would you say that there's still that sentiment of racism in Northern Alberta today or, and is it easy for you to, or for people from those communities to even identify that they have a long legacy in our province? Is that something that you feel has to be defended still today or how prevalent are the racist views? Um, Well, it's very uh, deeply embedded even in the whole uh, economy, the, the government, the the uh, this, how things are set up because they didn't really want us here. They banned us in yeah. 1911 from even immigrating here. So you know it's embedded into the system. Um, so it is. Um, it's difficult to erase that. It's difficult to um, even address it. And now that we have so many new visible Im- immigrants here into Alberta. You know, the uh, African diaspora and Caribbean diaspora, mm-hmm. they outnumber the, the roots of yeah. the blacks. You know, there's very few of us. So the uh, discrimination and marginalization is different, you know, because the accent or the, the food that they, they eat. Right. And we, and we are kind of invisible, invisible which we're trying hard to... Um, make sure that our history is known yeah it's the foundation for all the other um uh visible minorities of of um, african descent right and uh, so we're again we're marginalized in the um provinces where we help develop so how would you say because i know that um for a lot of people black history month is usually exclusively attributed to the U.S. and the African-American experience. And I guess I'm wondering how the Albertan culture has intermingled with the black community and how that differs from the African-American story. How would you separate those two? Um, Now, most Black History Month um, celebrations here in Alberta are based on African and diaspora and Caribbean um, culture. Right. So, uh, so people that are not racialized are lumping it all as one. That oh, where's their dance and where's their you know African music and where's their this and that? And they're seeing that as Black history mm-hmm. here in it's in in Alberta. That's being more celebrated or more events are of that nature. So the African American experience. Uh, is left to really Shiloh Center for Multicultural Roots and maybe a couple other uh, groups that are trying to infuse the importance of our of the African American experience also being uh, a strong part of Black History Month. Right. And do you feel like um, I know historically the roots are still African American for a lot of the Black communities that settled in Alberta, but do you feel like there's a distinction with the culture that formed for the groups here across the provinces as compared to the groups that formed in the States and the culture that formed in the States over time? We, they are two distinct cultures. Yeah. Because Africa to North America as slaves to be free. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, the other cultures are from um, Africa, diaspora, and Caribbean to freedom. Yeah. Then the choice of coming for the majority of people, except for the lately the war torn countries, right. as refugees, but the rest are uh, free to come and. They're already established and, you know, starting families. So two totally different... Yeah, backgrounds. Uh, backgrounds, you know. And so they cannot be lumped as one, which a lot of non-racialized people think. Right. You know, when they see you first, that's what they just lump you all as one. But they were totally distinct. And that is... Uh, it's, it's not... Ev- it's less evident here in... Um, Western Canada, then it should be. It should be. It should be. It's it, it's important that that distinction is made, even though we all have a color on us besides mm. not you know brown skin or and darker. Yeah. Um, there is totally different cultural ideals and um, standards and the way we live and the way we see things because we're more. Can, I don't want to say Canadianized, but. Mm-hmm. You know, we're... Well, you have that that pioneering history. That's a part of... Yes. Yeah, your legacy. Yeah, it's interesting, even um, even just talking with you on the phone, you sound a lot like my my white grandma, who, ah. you know, has comes from the farm and settled here with out of multiple generations, but you have that classic Alberta accent from my perspective, Good. which is really, really great. That's all I know. Yeah, definitely. You know, right? So let's take it back to um, kind of the history, um, the black history in Alberta. And you mentioned earlier to me that there were five black communities across the provinces that are pretty distinct, and one of those being Wildwood. Um, what are those five communities? And can you give us a little brief background on some of those? Yeah, sure. Wildwood is located about um, one hour west of Edmonton on Highway 16. It was the first known settlement. And Amber Valley is located about one and a half hours or so northwest of Edmonton. It was the largest settlement. Right. And it's the, I think it's the most known one. Yeah. Because the people um, stayed in Amber Valley longer, so there were more, um, the homesteads were active and, and um, people were living there longer. And and so they were, it was more established, I, could, I guess you could say, for longevity, right. Amber Valley. Campsy, or it's just west of Barhead. Okay. And um, it was a smaller, smaller, I guess, called a hamlet area um less less black settled there but they had they had a see segregated they had a build a segregated school for the blacks oh, and wow. they weren't allowed to uh, go into the white schools and by the time it got opened up we're told that um it was the first segregated non-segregated school because there was lots of white kids going there hmm that was kind of cool about that about uh, Barhead area. Yeah. And then, then there's um, Breton, which is southwest of Edmonton, and um, 
they do have a, they've got a museum set up in Britain, not just for the uh, whites, but the, but the, the black uh, pioneers that settled down there. Um, and what else? Maidstone. Maidstone, it's Saskatchewan. It's kind of on the border of Saskatchewan area, mm-hmm. uh, like by Lord Minister area. They, um, okay. They have a, a church there that's um, still, they still maintain that church. It was that's established in 1910. Awesome. And that's a set of families. Many of those families and all of those settlements um, ended up uh, living either in Edmonton, most of them in Edmonton, and then some were in Calgary. Okay. And how big is that community um, today, if you could estimate? Oh, and each of those, um, each of the, the um, homesteads or those areas, those five areas, yeah, they are just one or two families maybe are left in each oh, of them, wow. if that. Wow, that's so fascinating. And so most, the majority, I guess the biggest one was Amber Valley you mentioned. Is that still an active right. community today? Um, there's... I think maybe two, maybe two, um, two, two people or two families living up there. And, uh, but they still, every year they have reunions, um, they have big picnics and they, they do also have, um, a museum right at the uh, community center and they've got a few more, uh, they've got the cemetery that, um, they take care of. So people go back to Amber Valley every year, right? But the um, Amber Valley itself is just a couple of families that still live there. Wow. Um, yeah, Wildwood maybe has one family, black family there. Um, Campsy or by Barhead, I think they sold the land off the Beavers, sold their land off Breton. There's um, the Hayes's are still there, but that's just like one family. And um, Lloyd Minister Maidstone, it's more of a uh, place where they go to gather for uh, family picnics or family reunions. Okay. And so they, they're really not, uh, it's not that really, they're not active anymore. Right. To say on a daily basis or anything. Right, right. So what is your hope or I guess how, how do you maintain the interconnectedness of the cultural uh, history that you've all gone through together. Are there a bunch of events where all the communities are involved? How does the next generation get more aware of uh, where they came from? Big question, um, big <laughs> job to do. Um, Shiloh Center for Multicultural Roots is is trying to to be a um, a hub, become a hub for all of the settlements and the descendants, for us to gather as a whole group, not just. Amber Valley gather over here and Britain there, but yeah. we're trying to bring everyone, all of all of the African American um, descendants, trying to bring them together at least once or twice a year to um, instill pride in the youth of their past. Yeah, because most of them they don't really want to identify; they just want to be with their friends or their peers. Right. Our kids are becoming. We used to say Heinz 57. <laughs> a little bit of everything. Right? Yes, yeah. You know, like you, look at me. Well, I don't want to just single you out. But, well, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, yeah. That, you know, that's what's happening. Yeah. And um, so, and then so they identify with everyone in there. Right. You know, so to let them be proud 
of their African-American heritage is a challenge, and we're trying to do that um, yeah. as best we can. And the Shiloh Center is located in Edmonton, correct? It is. Okay. Yeah, that's so that's so great, and I hope that uh, that traction keeps picking up, and I think it's really great that you made a documentary as well and can kind of chronicle that history because I do think it's an important part of Alberta and we shouldn't lose that. Exactly right. Um, that documentary won, I think, six awards, including the Governor General, I mean, some international awards with oral history uh, associations, and um, it's a tool. It's a great tool that can go anywhere, mm-hmm. and we're, we're trying to get it. Um, it is in the uh, um, Alberta Education lists it as, you know, a, um, a resource to use for Black History Month, but it should be, we're trying to get it into the curriculum. Yeah. So, you know, that people learn about Indigenous people, about, about um, uh, all, all other um, different countries, so why yeah. shouldn't they learn about the African-American settlers? And, right. You know, the past, the present, and the future Albertans. So that's, we're working on that too. That's great. Well, congratulations on all of that for the documentary. I'm really looking forward to seeing it. I know that there's kind of that stereotype in Northern Alberta and it, it makes me uncomfortable because I feel very Albertan and I know that I don't know how people are going to be looking at me if I go up there and all that kind of thing. And, um, I'm wondering how the African-American settlers and the black communities up North challenged that um, when they were settling the lands and even today what does combating racism look like for the Albertans that are of black heritage what um, we've been taught and and by our grandparents and, and parents and others in our in the african-american Canadian community is to treat negativity with positivity hmm uh, you know, there's one person in our documentary says, I just kill them with kindness <laughs> and win them over. Yeah. So when, you know, you, we confront it all the time, you probably experience it da- daily, subtly, or mm-hmm. lately. And here in in northern Alberta area, it's, um, it's how you react to it. Right. Will change people's attitudes or not. But it's how you react to things. Um, it is a, there is a lot of it. Um, the the southern atmosphere right now, south south of the border atmosphere, is just fueling yeah the, the white supremacists and um, people up here. You know they they um, think they can act worse and and be ruder to uh, to our people. But it's how we. That's the only way we can change it. You yeah. have to act in the way that um, is, um, you know, you go, you go low, we go high, like Obama says. You right. know, those things, um, and that's just something that you will have to do and, and have find strength in others around you to um, help you when, when things are hard, because it is hard. It's an st- everyday struggle, and just we just have to work on overcoming whatever comes our way. Yeah, that's a great perspective. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, that's what keeps us going. Now, uh, yeah, just to end things off, I, I wanted to give an opportunity as well to maybe if there's 
one or two quick stories or moments of legacy that uh, you maybe want to share with people that we might not know about um, that come from these communities? Are there are there certain stories that we should look up? Are there um, some legacies that we should be aware of as we educate ourselves? We have a lot to be proud of, um, a lot of accomplished people, John Ware's daughters and sons, um, those that were in the war with the 2nd Battalion uh, in First World War. We have blacks that contributed there. We have doctors and lawyers and, you know, bus drivers. We have a lot to, to contribute to Alberta. Yeah. Uh, so just take a, take a moment to... Um, Google John Wood, Google Wildwood, Google Amber Valley, um, and um, you can always Google me, if not Google me, but, you know, email me if you have any questions or you want to find out who was the first this uh, or the first that, or, yeah. um, you know, there's, there's, I could go on and on, but, yeah. but just just take a, take a look in the um, some of the history books. There's very little information, but... If you get started, you can um, go where your passion is and find out all about uh, the African-American Albertans. I wanted to give a big thank you to Deborah Dobbins for taking the time to talk to me about the hidden history of African-American settlements here in Alberta. Deborah's film, We Are the Roots, will be screened in Calgary tomorrow on the 22nd of February as part of Calgary Folk Fest's Block Heater event, and tickets are available online now. Both Deborah and I will be at this screening, so I'd love to meet you and hear your thoughts on Black history in our province, so definitely plan to come by. And if you live in Edmonton or somewhere in northern Alberta, definitely check out the Shiloh Center for Multicultural Roots, which is located in Edmonton, Alberta, and where Deborah plays a big role in maintaining this hidden history. You can also keep an eye out for Carstairs author Aisha Clow's new work on the story of John Ware, the black cowboy who introduced longhorn cattle into our province. It's a children's book she's working on called Howdy, I'm John Ware, and she currently has a Kickstarter open to try and get it to print. I hope this week's episode has shifted your perspective and has allowed you to celebrate a perspective of Black History Month that is a little closer to home. Remember that we can never assume someone's cultural identity or history until we ask questions and discover it for ourselves. It goes so much more beyond race and background, as Deborah showed me today. I'm your host, Josiah Sinanen, and thank you for tuning in to this special episode of Anti-Culture. I hope to see you all again soon, and thank you so much for joining me on another deep dive into redefining what culture means. You can find me on the internet at josiahpodcast.com, tweet me at josiahpodcast, and also find me on Instagram and Facebook at the same link. Happy Black History Month, everyone. Keep learning and keep leaning in. Until next time, I'm Josiah Sinanin, and thank you for listening.